As you walk through the valley of the shadow of hell, you will see through the fog a bend in reality, a veil that is beyond your own comprehension. It's the other side, beyond the void. Welcome back to Beyond Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. That's right. It's episode 354. And today we're bringing you some dark comedy horror thrillers. Not so much on the the horror part, but the thriller part, it's definitely got locked down. And the dark humor part, it's got on lockdown. Oh, totally. And I'm pretty sure with all the dark humor and fucked up things that are in horror movies, a lot of you guys are going to love these movies. So I think it's going to be a good episode for you because both of these films, I can say, are pretty good. We're not going to say how good, but they're pretty good. So today we're going to be talking about Cheap Thrills from 2013 and Big Bad Wolves from 2013 as well. Yeah, two 2013 films that have a lot to do with pushing yourselves to the limits and how far you'll go for certain things, whether that be a person or money. And uh, yeah, the danger zone takes it to the danger, the danger zone. zone. <laughs> oh, God, Jesus. Is that an Archer reference? Yes. Yeah, okay. God, I haven't thought about that in fucking forever. Yeah, we took a little bit of a week off. Uh, you know, it's been nice a little bit. We I took two weeks off. I mean, it wasn't really a break for me or anything. <laughs> it was more like, hey, I got to do a lot of YouTubes and stuff like that. We got Murray here screeching at us to give him some of our treats right now. So here you go, buddy. All right. But yeah, so um, we hope that you guys had a really uh, good Thanksgiving. If you celebrate it or recognize it or whatever, if you don't, obviously we have listeners all over the world. So clearly you don't celebrate Thanksgiving over there, wherever that is. <laughs> turkey, turkey day. Turkey day. Yeah. Boxing day up in. No, that's a. Uh, that's after Christmas. It's after it? Christmas in for Canada, Canada but yeah. that's their Black Friday. Oh. They call it Boxing Day. Oh. And I don't mean like fist cuff punching. It's packing. Like boxes, like actual boxes. That's what they call it. But yeah, this year has been shit for um, deals. Like people have been like complaining that they didn't get any deals. Like a lot of the stores like Best Buy were like, this is the last year we're doing movies. Nobody showed up, literally. like Because they didn't have any good deals. Well, no, they did. They have great deals. It was fantastic. Nobody showed up at the physical location. Oh. Like, nobody was showing up, which makes the movie Thanksgiving, which starts off with a fucking, you know, a bunch of people wrestling over going inside a store for a fucking waffle iron, even further removed from, like, reality these days because... This year was probably one of the worst that people ever stopped in physically. Everybody's used to going online now. Right. Have you ever worked a Black Friday since we're older? 
What does that mean? Well, because it, it doesn't happen like it used to. That's what I meant. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. No, I haven't because I haven't worked a fucking. I'll never forget retail shop. I yeah. will never ever forget the Black Friday I worked at Walmart. Okay. Ever. What happened? They, they opened at five a.m. and it it this was before Super Walmart's. So literally, like the doors were shut and they opened them at five a.m. So I had to be there at like three thirty a.m. I was pissed because yeah. you know Thanksgiving was the day before. And literally, the line was, like, down the road. It was ridiculous. And they opened the doors, and literally, people were shoving people out of the way I to remember, get shit. I remember it was ridiculous. When we were younger, there really wasn't that... It wasn't that bad. I just remember people waiting outside of stores. Right. Like, it was popular in the 90s to camp out overnight. Yeah. And that that carried on for a couple of decades until we stopped doing... Online. Until online became, but yeah, but then then it became thing. like really crazy where people were just pushing each other around. That was like that was in the 2013s, actually. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, it wasn't even anytime soon. So it's been a, it's been five years at least since we've had anything close to that. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, hopefully you guys didn't get stampeded or hit in the head with a shopping cart until your neck broke or something. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, uh, <laughs> Murray, Jesus Christ, you're fucking eating already? That's it? That's it? No more? Anyway, so we've had a lot of, uh, you know, um, a lot of support. Big shout out to Resolution 67. We we got organized. We, all of the movies are out of the fucking yeah, living the, room. That's right. The studio's coming together pretty quick, and we're actually already running out of room again, so we may have to get new shelves. <laughs> <laughs> more shelves. Yeah. <laughs> Pounded movies quite a lot. You spent some time with some family this uh, past week. We went to well, your everybody, house. And then everybody ends up in the fucking hospital. Right. Jesus Christ. The day before Thanksgiving, her mom went to the hospital. That's why she was out for the the week before. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. and then literally got out the day after or day before, day before. Thanksgiving. Yeah. So we ordered in. We did. Uh, what we was did, it? We did Crackle Barrel. <laughs> the Cracker. Not the, Crackle. Cr- or Cracker Barrel. I can't say it. But we did their Thanksgiving thing because my mom's the one who cooks and she likes to cook, but she couldn't cook because she had surgery on her foot and then she ended up in the hospital. So we did that. And yeah. it was good. It was nice. It's actually not too bad. It's not a full turkey. That's why it was so much more expensive to get a. Yeah, it was just like the the half. It was like a half. It was like a half a breast. It was like half a chest. Yeah. Of of turkey, which is fine. The only thing that was missing that I missed was the deviled eggs. That we didn't have any deviled eggs. Yeah, they had so like mashed yams. It was yam stuffing with the peanut, gravy. peanut pecans in it, and that mm, was really good. That was good. There was stuffing. The stuffing was weird to me, but you I liked, liked it. it. Which I shouldn't. No have eaten mashed it. potatoes. Uh, macaroni and cheese. The mac and cheese was bomb. Right. That was dope. I didn't have that, and then rolls. I think that was it. And then pumpkin oh, pie. No, we had beans. Oh, right. And beans. Green beans. Or But whatever. Yeah, it was good. It was okay. Yeah. Good times. Fine. We yeah. had a good time, though. It was like nice that we didn't have to, your mom hadn't have to cook anything, actually. Yeah. Which would mean we didn't have to clean up as much, either. Exactly. So, just the well, plates and the... Yeah, I cleaned up. Yeah. Uh, That's fine. Oh, yeah. We uh, got our popcorn machine working. Uh, it was sent to us. Thank you. I can't wait to use it on Christmas Eve. Yeah, dude, it tastes really fun. good. We, yeah. we 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 found some recipes that you can change the oil. Mm-hmm. That like I did at least that you can make different types of popcorn. Oh, so it's really easy. It's really well. I wouldn't say everyone is really easy, <laughs> but most of them are pretty simple. And mm-hmm. you just you know, like we got the oil, which tasted fine, tasted good, tasted like the oil, you know. 
popcorn. The popcorn, yeah, you know, theater popcorn oil or butter, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the butter kind, but it tasted good, whatever yeah, it was. It was. Fine. Um, but yeah, we got some other flavoring. Uh, we get the little shaker for like some garlic parmesan. parmesan. Yeah, parmesan garlic. <laughs> Dude, as simple as that is, I'm gonna have. That's like the easiest snack, and just a single fucking scoop is like enough for two people mm-hmm. for just a quick snack. Right. But just a little tiny scoop made like two big, well, two bags. Mm-hmm. It was just enough. Right. You know, like I didn't want to eat too much more. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I'm going to try a couple of things, see if we can get some like, like maybe some hot popcorn or like put some pickle juice in with the like oil Ew. just to get some pickle popcorn or some weird Ew. shit. <laughs> <laughs> it'll probably yeah you gotta wash it out though that's the problem yeah after a couple of uses or so so but yeah so excited about that what else happened we didn't get a chance to go to the theater but we are gonna go see godzilla this week minus one i don't know what that fucking means or what the point of that is but, but yeah i guess we'll find out soon everybody's fucking raving about it i haven't had a chance to go see it i did i do have a review that i'm trying to put up here I'm really nervous about for some reason because people just are brutal about some movies. Like they get so impassioned. Like they're like, yeah, what was right. what was it? It's a Wonderful Knife I watched and like most all of my friends are like literally like upset. Like they are upset about that movie existing. And mm-hmm. I didn't have the same experience. So if you if you haven't caught the uh review up on YouTube, you should check it out. I had a fun time talking about it. But I, yeah, I was definitely nervous about putting it up because of some of the things I said, I was like, I'm going to get shit for. And some of the things I said, the probably the, the people who created her can probably hate me for it. So everybody's just <laughs> going to hate me. So, but what do you do? What's you just, new? Yeah. You just got to be honest. Like, fuck it. <laughs> it's, it's better to be honest because you can be like, well, what do you want me to do? That's, that's how I felt. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a good time with Patrick when he was on the show? Yeah, it was good to have Patrick back. Yeah, it was, he was he had a good time. We had a good time hanging out. He helped me put together one of the shells actually oh, afterwards good. which huge fucking help dude like thank you patrick like jesus christ also thank you patrick for fixing the microphone <laughs> oh yeah she came in i don't know like, what the fuck hey, I'm doing. why is this thing in the right position and actually uh working and not exactly dangling like a string off a <laughs> anyway from the ceiling <laughs> But yeah, we hope you guys had a good week and we're glad we're back. Don't forget, don't forget this next week, uh, we're going to be doing our last episode before we, for the holidays. So it'll be like a, probably a Christmas themed thing. We don't know if we're going to do one or two movies, but we'll be doing another episode next week. So next week we'll be here, but the following three weeks after that, we'll be off to do our top 20 horror movies of the year. And we're going to it's going to be a lot of work, guys. I'm really fucking nervous about it because it's just a lot of watching of movies. And I'm going to be putting up YouTube videos in those three weeks, too. So maybe not as many as I normally would because it won't be a lot of new stuff. It'll be a lot of like older stuff, maybe some other things. You know, I just don't have a lot of time and I wish I made money off of YouTube <laughs> so I could like actually pay somebody to do editing for me at this point in time. Because then they could just go through it like really quick, mm-hmm. you know, and then let them be creative on top of it. Right. I love editing, but it's just I can't do it all. Right. It's too much. The podcast, the website, the fucking social media, like all of it is just too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I hope you guys will tune in next week. And then obviously in the second week of January, we'll be back with our top 20 horror movies for the year. So definitely support both of these last of the year 
And uh, yeah, so yeah, but next week we'll be back. So, but I think it might be that time, Christina. Oh, what time is it? Four shots. All right, guys, we're keeping it simple this week, keeping it classy, and, uh, you know, get a little thrill out of it, a little cheap thrill, if you will, because we're not going to put any ingredients in this one. We're just going to drink a drink that they chose in the movie, Cheap Cheap Thrills, Thrills. and we're going to call this a Cheap Thrill. So It's kind of cheap of you. It is cheap, isn't it? That's okay. Um... What kind of tequila do we have, Alex? We have Vallejo tequila. It's a blue agave. It's not the greatest vodka. Who cares what it is? It's tequila. It's tequila. We, we're not rich. We can't afford to get like premium liquors, guys. I don't know if you know this, <laughs> but it costs us a lot of money to run this fucking ship, okay? <laughs> um, but we're going to pour a couple of shots here. This is what they did in the movie when they started the whole party in Cheap Thrills. So here's your shot. <laughs> Try not to spill it. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, Christina, Cheers. to another episode. You know, when you do a shot, you're not supposed to taste it. I, she I like know. drinks it like she's ah. like, "Ooh, this is a sweet, buttery, mm, delicious drink." <laughs> no, it's get it down your throat hole drink. Don't let it touch the tip of your tongue. Let it slide down your gullet. I know how to take a shot. I do just, you? I don't want to. <laughs> well, you're not supposed to think about it that much. <laughs> you just take it and then, it, you know. I'm fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. All right. Well, it looks like half the shot's still there. So I don't even think I did I, half. I think it's a three-fourths of a shot right there. That's what I'm saying. You're like, I wet my lips with it. <laughs> I hate tequila. Uh, I don't know. It tastes good if you just I like take it. it. It tastes good in a margarita. Do you know what's worse? Do we don't have any to me. What's worse anything. is tasting it like that. Ugh. If you just shoot it, you're gonna get the same amount that you would, and only it'll be less. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. This is the sh- shooting academy. <laughs> I know this is Alex teach you like teaches Christina how to do a I, shot. I used to be a pretty professional alcoholic. I mean, you don't, you know. I know. <clears throat> so I'm just saying. Me too, which is why I don't really even want to that's take why, it. That's why you wet your lips with it. <laughs> and I spit it out. Plaf. <laughs> anyway, I love you. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, guys. So if you would like to try a cheap thrill, all you have to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section now. That's it for horror shots. All right, guys. So now we're going to go ahead and do our flesh and potato of our dark comedy thriller horror features of the week. Sheep Thrills from 2013. And Big Bad Wolves, also 2013. We're going to go ahead and do that right Right, Christina, kick it off. Cheap Thrills was released in the United States of America on March 21st. Where's that located? 2014. It's right below the superior country of Canada. Oh, superior. Okay. <laughs> a scheming couple put a struggling family man 
and his old friend through a series of increasingly twisted dares over the course of an evening at a local bar. Mm. Tagline, what doesn't kill you makes you richer. Mm. Directed by E.L. Katz. Which is technically Evan, I heard in the extras. Oh. But yeah, he goes by E.L. Katz. He did a segment in ABCs of Death 2. He did the segment A is for Amateur. Mm. He directed six episodes of Channel Zero this season from 2018. He also directed several episodes of Haunting of Blair Manor. He also directed uh, Swamp Thing, the TV show, and the Scream TV series. Mm -hmm. Lots of TV. Uh, One of the writers is David Churchurillo. (laughs) What do you say? I think that's right. I don't know how to say it. David Churchurillo? Churchurillo. Churchurillo, yeah. He also wrote six... Churchurillo. He also... He also wrote 616 Paranormal Incident from 2013, Bad Match from 2017, and Eli from 2019. By the way, he was the secondary writer on this. He was the assistant writer. I don't know why they put him first, but I thought Trent Haga was the one that did the the majority of the lion's share, and then he touched it up. Okay, I have no idea. But Trent Haga, who is also an actor, and he has acted in films such as... uh, all the Killjoy movies. He was the clown, so he was in like Killjoy's Psycho Circus and Killjoy goes to prison or something like that. Uh he also was the guy who did Dead Girl, which I just did a review on YouTube. Oh, okay. He yeah, he that was his uh his baby. He was a writer on Girl on the Third Floor and he wrote the upcoming film Amineville Bigfoot. Which is weird. Uh, I feel like that's like slumming it for him. I don't know why. After this movie and like Dead Girl, which are like big, big, big names, it seems weird that he's doing Amityville Bigfoot. But no, no shade. Well, he was just a writer on it, so. Yeah, but no shade. I'm just saying. Oh, this movie stars Pat Healy, who plays Craig. He was in We Need to Do Something from 2021, which I really liked. That's right. And Velvet Buzzsaw, which is 2019. Mm. He was also in The Innkeepers from 2011, Killers of the Flower Moon, he was in, which was just released this year. And he was on Better Call Saul. We also have Sarah Paxton, who plays Violet. She was also in The Innkeepers from 2011. She was on The Last House on the Left from 2009. And she was on the show Greetings from Tucson from 2002. We have Ethan Embry, who plays Vince. You recognize him from The Devil's Candy from 2015. He was also Rusty in 1997's Vegas Vacation. I know him from Grace and Frankie. You might know him from Empire Records. Yeah. And he was in anything or what was it? Uh, What was that movie? The comedy one where he like talks to the angel on the street and he wants to give her the, the, the letter. Can't hardly wait. Oh, I'm pretty sure he's in Can't Hardly Wait. So, and he was also in Dutch with uh, Ed O'Neill. Oh. Which is, I think, is a John Hughes film. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. We also have uh, David Kochner, who plays Colin. You know him from Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy. He was also in Vicious Funds, uh, uh, Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse, uh, uh, Piranha 3DD. He's been in, like, so much. He's also done a lot of voice acting and, like, American Dad and Family Guy and stuff like that. Right, yeah. The budget on this movie, two hundred thousand dollars. Wow. It grossed uh, about sixty thousand dollars. Opening weekend, it made about eighteen, nineteen thousand dollars. Okay. So 
Yeah, I don't think it got a wide distribution or anything. Right. It's just an indie film that got the festivals and stuff like that. So. Mm -hmm. And what did you think about this movie, Alex? Well, this one I really like a lot. Like, this is a really super dark comedy that is, like, right up my alley. I love movies that put you in kind of like a moral dilemma of what you should or should not do, what you would do if you were put in this position. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And they make it all semi-plausible. I mean, clearly, I wouldn't do half the shit that these guys do, but I'm not in the same situation as these characters. And they kind of make it pretty evident about both of these characters. One more in particular, Pat Healy's character. Mm -hmm. Craig, I think it is. Yeah. More than anybody, you know. I think this is a fantastic performance from David Koshner. I think it's great to see him do something like this. I've always felt like comedians do a really good job of that barrier between comfort, comforting and like unsuspecting or dis- disarming and then also kind of creepy in a lot of ways. And they tend to do both in this movie. Well, David Koshner especially. And I think Pat Healy does the same thing. Like he can seem like a really super nice guy, but then also do like, the really creepy fucked up guy. Like he was in Better Call Saul and he played this like bad guy, you know, who was living at his mother's house and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, It was like the last season of Better Call Saul or yeah, I think it was like the last two seasons. Anyway, he was in it. And then of course, uh, Sarah Paxton is really creepy in it. She like, seems like she's getting off on some of this stuff a lot which is really odd and wild in it and then obviously ethan embry is really good in his role too here like he's really a likable kind of dickhead in this movie and i i just think they all have like this really dynamic range of character and it's really really fun to sit there and essentially they go to a bar because pat healy's lost his job and everything and he's got a kid an eviction notice. He's got an eviction notice and he lost his job in one day and he goes to the bar to have a drink and his old buddy from five years ago that he used to be in a band with shows up just out of the blue and he's like, hey man, let's get drunk together. I'll buy you some shots or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, I don't have that lifestyle anymore. I got to get my life together. But he somehow convinces him to, to, to have a couple of drinks. They meet up with these two rich fuckers, David Koshner and Sarah Paxton play who are offering money for just little shit games like taking a whoever takes a shot first gets 50 bucks and then it progressively gets worse and worse and worse to see how far they'll take it and uh, I think it's literally uh, in the name of the movie cheap thrills it's it's thrilling it's a thrilling fucking movie and it's hilarious in some parts in like the most disgusting way There's so many disgusting, crazy things that happen in this movie. I think if you have a sick sense of humor, you're going to get off on this movie. I think it's going to, like, trip you the fuck out. Some of the stuff that's in it is actually, I mean, like, it kind of is stomach churning a little bit, you know, because, like, how far they go with this. And, you know, it goes from, like, it really fucks with your emotions because it's, like, the way this movie ends is not exactly the best, you know, ending in the world like as a you know positive thing it doesn't make you feel all ooey gooey inside or whatever so it's pretty pretty wild and there's a lot to say in this movie too there's like a socio-political sort of fucking message that is in this movie about you know is money that important to you Mm -hmm. and how far are you really willing to go you know to to live that kind of lifestyle like what what will break a person to the point that they'll do some of these insane things. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was great. I really think it's hilarious. I think, like I said, all the performances are great. It's really stylish, very flows really fast. There's a lot of real big tense moments in the film. There's, you know, obviously some sex, some drugs, some, you know, just about everything. There is uh, some animal stuff in it, but I wouldn't worry about it. It's not like you hear or see anything necessarily that would upset you. Christine is one of those people that does not like that. Right. It's okay. So, yeah, she got it from her. So she's she's definitely was okay with it, which I was a little surprised by. <laughs> but we'll talk about it more later when we get into the details of this. But, yeah, I would honestly give this like an 8.5 or a 9 for just how simple and straightforward this movie is and how effective it is. I would watch this on a regular basis. I could watch this every year. Mm-hmm. Literally, I could watch this every year. Right. It's not a big movie. And so, like, how do you compare a $200,000 budget movie that does fires on all cylinders properly mm-hmm. to a movie that's like, you know, Tron or, you know what I mean? Like right. something that's so big, it's like so different. But to me, I think there's value in it and what it tried to do, it excels that. So it needs to be applauded. So giving it a nine or an 8.5 is totally fine by me. Mm-hmm. You know, some people think, oh, the only movies that get nines or tens are the biggest budget movies in the world. No, sorry. It's how effective they are at their job and what they try to do, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Right. So, but yeah, what do you think, Christina? What did you think? This is your first time seeing it, right? It was my first time seeing it. You've Both se- of these, right? Yeah. You've seen this one before, right? Oh, I've seen it like probably like three times. Oh, I didn't even know that. But this will be my third time, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yes, I like this movie. It was like a great ride of a story. I really liked the story. It was super entertaining. It does get really dark, like super fast, like really, really dark, but it bounces between the drama and the comedy. Then it gets really twisted. And then it's, you know, it's the guy down on his luck trying to turn things around, but ultimately he gets pushed to like the extreme. That's really what sure. it it's about. Healy is great in this, man. Dude, I fucking loved him in this. Uh-huh. And Koshner, too. All of them were good in this. They Everybody really are. was good in this. It was a good casting. But yeah, the, there was a scene with a dog, uh, which I actually did find hilarious. I wasn't really... <laughs> uh, there was a couple scenes with the same dog, which it, it, it all like... It all like leaned into it together, so it it didn't make it like traumatic or anything. It was I actually know. quite funny. You say that, but there's a, an extended part that happens that we'll there's talk about. There's an extended later. part of that scene. No, I just mean like it's not just like one scene with the dog. There's like multiple, like you said. So I'm saying the yeah. last part. Yeah, bit the of last part you would is think. not very. But uh, again, because we'll explain it when we talk about the movie. But because it all ties in together, that's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. But the ending is a little shocking and extreme. It was extreme. But mm-hmm. I also did give it an 8.5. Really? Okay. I did. And I used a decimal, Alex. I never used decimals. We were cracking up when we were watching it. Yeah, we were. We were having was, a good time. It was funny. I was really glad that I got to watch at least that one with you. Right. Because like, she wanted to watch both of them by herself because she had so much she was doing this week. Mm-hmm. And like, I was just like, no, we got to watch at least one together because right. like, that's like the fun part for me. Otherwise, it's like a job, <laughs> you know, like right. I want to have fun. Like I want to hang out with somebody and watch a movie. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I could tell that you were into it. I didn't know how much. Yeah, because I kind of was like, well, some parts, you know, I'm like, God, she's really good at like keeping it from me. But there's some times that she really busts out laughing. But it was good because the parts I was like really cringing at then then it's like a joke will happen. Right. So it's like they crack jokes about it. So it's funny, man. The performances are great. They're really memorable. 
Like right. you, you like I can't even believe I forgot how far the movie went with the dog thing, and like mm-hmm. I, for, you would think that I would never forget. Yeah, you that. would never forget that. But <laughs> look at you, you forgot, dude. There's just like a there are a couple of scenes, like you know those scenes that don't quit that we always. I have like a a, a list of movies that I'm 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 building for a um for a video mm-hmm. of a list of scenes that don't quit, and this movie has one that just doesn't quit pretty much. Right. It's like, you know, I say one scene, but, you know, it's all takes place in one place. So you can't really, you know, Mm -hmm. but yeah, like, uh, like, you know, like how the thing happens when they're on the table and then all that crazy mayhem happens. It's Mm -hmm. like, that's like a scene that doesn't quit. And this movie has like two moments of those that just doesn't quit. And you're like, fuck, dude, this, this is too much. Mm -hmm. So it really fucks with your morals and your ethics like in your heart about how you feel. Yeah, and your just judgment of people in general. So yeah, so we both gave it an eight point five or a nine. I well, I lean a little bit kind of towards a nine, but I'd know. watch it again for sure though. Yeah. I wouldn't mind watching this again ever. It's it's it is like it's not like it's it's a little bit of a, tri- a trial to get through in like a couple parts. Like there's like some things that you're like, oh, I don't want to see that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so you're like and the anticipation in those moments are so they really know how to stretch it out. Mm-hmm. And both of these movies, I think, do a really good job of stretching out the tension a little bit. But I really think that of the two movies, I would say this one I'm I'm leaning a little bit more towards. Me too. Just because I had it was a much more like wilder fun time for me. Right. Even though it ends so much like so fucking dire. But both of these movies are pretty dire. So, <laughs> so but uh yeah. So 8.5 between the two of us or 8.75 possibly. So I would say highly recommend go see this. You can watch it on Amazon Prime for yes. for free and you can watch it on like Peacock supposedly as well. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we do have some trivia on this. Actually, this one has the most of the two. But uh, if you don't want anything spoiled, I would definitely recommend you watch the movie first so you don't spoil it because we're going to talk about some of the scenes and some of the uh, extras on this. So if you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. All right. So now we have E.L. Katz, who was the director. He got his start in the industry working as a horror music journalist. What the fuck is that? It's well, he he wrote horror reviews and probably talked about oh, horror and music, stuff and, like, and music. Yeah. Oh. So entertainment in general. Okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. So he was uh, on, he worked for While You Were Sleeping, Fangoria, Creature Corner, and Life Sucks Die. And then after graduating Full Sail Film School in Orlando, which is one of the schools that I really wanted to go to, my parents were like, nope. Yeah. It's like, cool. And he went down to Florida anyway. Yeah. I did. <laughs> I know you did. That's why I said that. Uh, he collaborated with an acclaimed director, Adam Wingard, which, if you know, obviously did the Blair Witch movie. He did. He works with. He did Godzilla, Your Next, The Guest, all that. He's pretty popular. You probably already know who he is. But yeah, he and uh, them became good friends, and uh, he got to work on several features as a screenwriter producer with Adam Wingard, including Homesick, which was Fangoria Magazine said it was a Gorefest that does what so many recent low-budget shockers only claim to do, and Pop Skull, which he worked on, he wrote, which is a psychological ghost story, which has got a lot of great reviews, too. So this is off his IMDb thing. Mm -hmm. But this is his directorial debut, of course, and I think it was a fucking kick-ass start. He even won the Midnighter Audience Award at the South by Southwest. 
Oh. So, but supposedly now I don't know if this is a hundred percent true or not. But I was looking through the like the like, extra booklet that comes with the the cheap thrills thing from Alamo the Draft. Yeah, the Alamo Draft House Blu-ray comes with, and it said that Pat Healy actually broke a pinky finger on set. He fell. Oh. And it was like there's you know obviously in this in the movie he loses a pinky right for a bet. And uh, yeah, so and then here he is breaking his pinky. Right. That's what, but I didn't hear anything about it in the making of. So hmm. I don't know if they weren't there for that moment or not, but right. they did. The story was actually a novel, by the way. It was like a short novel or something written by uh, Richard somebody. Marks, Mars or something. Mars or something. He also, that guy also wrote the witches. But anyway, it was a novel and uh, they changed some things around in it. But Trent Haga, who, you know, was like, oh. what if we change it to rich people? Okay. Instead of whoever it was before. The government, the communists. Is that what it was? No, I I don't know. He said it was something different. He said, but for him and his sociopolitical uprising or growing up, he said rich people were always the enemy. Right. So he thought it'd be interesting to David Koshner and Sarah Paxton play the the actual rich people people that are like forcing them to do whatever they want. Right. Because, you know, obviously. Desperate times. The whole movie is a $50 bet. Right. Which is just nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that ending. It's so fucked up. It's so fucked it's up. It's so fucked up. Dude, it's dude. fucked up. Um, the house that they used, and it was like literally made for filming. Oh, okay. And so it's not like a, it kind of looks better on screen than it does when you like see it in the, the making of. Oh, yeah. But they used it as a porn set before that. It's, oh, figures. still it, do, yeah. It looks like a 70s porn set right. is well, what it looks like. A lot of the like iconography and like paintings and stuff on the wall are sexually oh, involved, yeah, yeah. which they do show in the film. They do. But it looks a lot more glitzier and glamier in the film In the film than it does up close when you look at it. Right. No offense to anybody, by the way. I'm just saying it just it has that look about it. Mm-hmm. Kind of like if you remember when my old place, when we used to have that swanky sort of like two-story townhouse yeah with all the sheens like furniture and stuff in there right which was like dusty and old as fuck mm-hmm. it kind of has that feel to it totally y- you know what i mean mm-hmm. like we had all this really cool swanky furniture but it was old as fuck and like tired and you know <laughs> but you can't tell when you put a little contrast on it when you make a movie <laughs> you know what i mean so george p Willibur or george p wilbur who is a famous stuntman, choreographed a lot of the stunts for this movie, and he's been in everything. Mm-hmm. Like, he's one of the biggest, like, stuntmen in the game in Hollywood. Like, everybody knows him. He uh, even shot a scene with Harrison Ford in the Blade Runner movie where he punched his whole hand through a wall or mm-hmm. a door and grabs Harrison Ford. That's him. Oh, okay. <laughs> he, he's the hand. Um, he was in Science of the Lambs, Total Recall. He was Michael Myers in Halloween 4 and 5, Blackula. I mean, the, the list goes on. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are uncredited, but I'm sure you get paid, you know? So right. He's, he's well known. So, which the funny thing is, is that the this producer of the movie, of this movie, Travis Stevens on the movie married his daughter. So that's pretty much how he got him Wait. in there. Oh, Travis Stevens is the producer of Cheap Thrills, is what I'm saying. Okay, One of the okay. producers. You made it seem like I heard he married his actual daughter. That's how I heard it. No, I yeah, was like, no. What? He, he married uh, George P. Willibur's daughter. Daughter, the stuntman. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Pat Healy's character, Craig, says on the phone to his wife, just give me 45 minutes. 
almost literally at the point where it's the 45 minute mark left in oh, the, movie. the movie oh that's cool yeah <laughs> that's just little fun facts here that i got left these were on imdb uh in in a reddit ama they had pat healy who revealed that he and ethan Embry actually did not get along throughout this production Oh, really? But they, are, I guess, later on made amends and respect each other after finishing the film because it was a really good film and they were both really dynamic in it. Right. It's a shame to hear that that's the case. Maybe it helped their the, the, characters. That's what I'm thinking, That's what I'm too. thinking, too. You know, like maybe that uh, the little bit of aggression really kind of helped them. Yeah, have like, that aggression. suss out that fucking fight at the end and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, apparently, in one scene, David Kushner's character says his brother is a pharmacist and that's actually true. Oh, really? <laughs> His brother is a pharmacist. <laughs> he owns the KXRX chain of pharmacies in Kansas, Nebraska, oh, and Missouri. So pretty crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much it for all the extras on the uh, trivia and stuff like that. Did you have any uh, particular scenes that you want to talk about? I mean, I have like a, a, lot. a little bit of trivia on some of this. So. Well, I'll just, I can just mention like one of the beginning. Go in order. Yeah. Yeah. One of the beginning scenes when... Uh, he gets knocked out and they're actually at the house. So after they meet up. At Why don't the- we talk about what happened? Why he got knocked out before we just jump over it? Because okay. that's one of my favorite scenes. Oh, OK. So one of my favorite scenes is like they go to the bar. They meet these guys. They keep getting bets to do these stupid little things. They decided they're going to go to a fucking a stripper club. And uh, he's shining a green laser at, at people's asses and stuff like that. And then um, Ethan Embry's character, Vince, slaps a girl on the on the ass for 500 bucks. And then they all run out like, we got to get the fuck out of here. And as they're leaving, Pat Healy's one of the last ones behind. And he's like, let's let's go. And the fucking bouncer comes out and he's like, you don't want to fucking slap that girl's ass. <laughs> and he's like, no, nah, man, it wasn't me, man. I didn't do any of it. And, and then he, he grabs him up by the shirt around the collar. And he's like, I'm gonna, like, he's going to beat the shit out of him. And then David Kushner leans out the window and is like, $500 if you hit him first. <laughs> So he hits him. So he hits him instantly, dude. I fucking love yeah. that. And then the bouncer hit him and knocked him completely oh, out. Oh, yeah. Broke his glasses into and everything like that. And mm-hmm. that's where you were going to say. Where uh, he w- they, he wakes up at the house and then uh, Vince is peeing on his shoes. Because oh. this is when it yeah, starts. Yeah, he makes up for it. He's like, oh, man, we, we played a joke on you or something like that or something. Yeah. Because and- he gave him 50 bucks to pee on him. Yeah, so, it was two hundred dollars like, actually. Oh, was it? I don't know. Whatever, it was money. It's but, interesting yeah. to think about how much money it is because, like, would you do that for two hundred dollars, or right. would you do this? Right, but I, I do like the little turn when uh, they decide they're gonna rob him, which I thought was funny. So uh, Craig goes in and corners uh, Veronica, and then uh, Vince confronts Colin. Which was funny. He puts and, a knife up against his throat. And it wants the, the code for the safe. And he's like, there is no code. I don't have a code. I can't remember code. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> he then, has so much money, he doesn't really care. Yeah, he doesn't care. So that was funny. And he goes in and gets the money. $150,000 was in there is what he said. Yeah. He said, how about you earn it? Yeah. Because then Veronica pulls out a gun and, you know. Right. Then all that happens. So like, what? Okay. So I want to talk about the scene that you didn't like, the sex scene. Right. Do you want to like t- explain how it started and like? So Veronica wants to have sex with Vince. Vince is the guy who got hit by the the bouncer. It's her birthday. And and Vince is the guy who has a kid at home and a wife and just lost his job and it got an eviction notice. And it's Veronica's birthday, so Veronica wants to sleep with Vince. 
So Colin, Veronica's husband, offers uh, Vin or offers Craig, offers Craig a shit ton of money to sleep with his wife. And it was funny because Vince was over there like, what the fuck? I'll sleep with her. I'll sleep. Yeah, he's like, oh, that's easy money. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but that wouldn't be the, the point, right? Like, Right, right. So what's funny is, is they do. They start having sex. It's just weird. And, and when David Kushner's character <laughs> starts jerking off. Whammy! <laughs> <laughs> Which made this whole uncomfortable scene like so funny. <laughs> It was so funny. Whammy! And then, and then Vince, <laughs> Vince like looked over and saw him jacking off, and he and he was like, "What the fuck? What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> it was so funny. For those of you who don't know what the fuck I'm talking about when I say whammy, it's from fucking Anchorman. Where oh yeah. David Kushner's character was like the baseball guy, and he was like talking about hitting home runs and going whammy. <laughs> <laughs> that was his catch line. He's spitting semen on their bag. Whammy. That's gross. I know. Anyway, so the, uh, Craig. That bothered you, by the way. Yeah, it did. I was like, oh, God, it's gross. She didn't like sex scenes but, that much. But I don't. But that w- that made it really funny. It made it really funny. So then Craig goes to leave because he has his money to pay his rent. So he's like, I don't need to do this anymore. So he starts to leave. But then uh, uh, Colin coerces him to come back. And then this is when the pinky, the pinky situation starts, where if somebody cuts off their pinky, they're going to get $25,000. Right. So so he said 25000 to start. <laughs> and then Craig pops in and he's like, I'll do it for twenty three. <laughs> well, let's just say Pat Healy. Just say the regular names. Yeah, because like, it's, it's hard to visualize real- for some people if they haven't seen the movie. So... Oh, okay. I don't know their real names. But yeah, Pat Healy, the tall, skinny guy, Craig, mm-hmm. he is, uh, he's like, comes busting the door because they think he left. And they're like, I think you scared him off, man. And he's like, no, 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 you can't, you can't leave because they secretly have a bet to have them kill each, one of the two friends kill each other. Right. Yeah. At the end. So the reason why he's so upset is because they both need to be there because one of them has yeah, to die. Or they're going to lose the $50 bet. Right. Because for them, it's really not even about the money at all. That's the fucked up part. Right. That's the deep, fucked up, really fucked up part. But like this brings up a thing that I wanted to talk about is like, like what, like what would you be able to do? Would you slap the the stripper on the ass? Well, one of the things was, was he wanted him to go to the neighbor's house and take a shit, take a shit in on their yard because the neighbor's dog always shits in his yard. So he's like, I want you to go and shit in their house. So uh, what's his name took it a step further and brought the, the brought the dog back because he couldn't get himself to shit. So he just grabbed the dog and brought it back to the house. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. But I, I just need to mention that because that's going to come up later. Yeah, that's true. Because now, now they're going back and forth about who's going to cut off their pinky for what amount. Right. But back to what I was saying, like, would you be able to, uh, you know, do some of these things as a person, as a human being? Would you be able to do a lot of that stuff? Probably. <laughs> have you ever been in a situation where you have a lot of money and you just do the right thing or do the wrong thing? Like, what would you do? You know what I mean? Like, I think it just depends because you've been in that situation. Oh, yeah. I remember. It was when it was with you, actually. Yeah, I know. I remember. I was talking about this to, to uh, Plenky. Plenky. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other day we were I found a five hundred and eighty five dollar wallet sitting on the ground at a circle K that I was like a, like a local gas station grocery store mm-hmm. and, uh, <laughs> or convenience store or whatever. And it was just sitting on the ground there when I pulled up and I picked it up and I put it in my wallet, in my pants 
mm-hmm. and I was going to give it to the guy, but I said, nah, I'm not going to do that because what if he just keeps the money? You know, I was like, I'd rather have the money than him. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, right. uh, and I'm like trying to tell myself in my head, like, you got to do the right thing. You got to find out who this is. You got to go through the wallet and see where the guy lives or maybe drop it off in his mailbox. And I'm like thinking of all these scenarios in my head. And literally, I'm like trying, there's a side of me that is trying to convince me to keep the $587 that was in there or whatever. I'm pretty that, sure it was 585 or 587 I think it was 87 Bad karma. Yeah, I know, dude. Bad but karma. Like, so I made it all the way back home and I was going to tell you about it. And then I was like, oh, man. I was like, I can't tell her because then she's just going to think I'm a <laughs> terrible human being. And like, I've come this far and now I'm at home. I got to look this up. I was like, Fuck. We live in an age of Facebook and Instagram. Right. So you. So, yeah. Yeah. I found a library card with his name on it. He mm-hmm. didn't even have an ID or anything in there, which was even more weird. Mm-hmm. But there was a library card in there and like a like a video store card, an old one. <laughs> and like I was like, oh, OK, so I can try to find his name this way. But there was a picture ID on there, too. Mm-hmm. On the library card, I think, or something, something that had his name on it. And it could have been like college ID or something. Mm-hmm. So I went and looked his name up on Facebook and then found him and then wrote him. And you even have to accept the request even back then. Uh-huh. So I wasn't even sure he was even going to see it. Right. And I was like, well, I'll write him. If he doesn't get back to me in a week, I'm keeping this shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, there was no address on any of the stuff, by the way. It just it just said. The name. The city, I think. Mm -hmm. And that was it. And so I looked up his name and the city, and that's how I found him. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, that looks like him. And I said, hey, did you lose something uh, at the Circle K today? Immediately wrote me back. He was like, yes. Oh, my (laughs) God. You found it. I was like, yes. And then I think he even asked me, like, how much was in it? Because he was, like, scared that I would have. Oh, taken. Taken it. Yeah. And I was like, everything's in there, man. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't touch a dollar. I wanted to, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and so then when I got there, he kept trying to hand me $40. I was like, no, 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 no. Just fucking do it. So yeah. I, I, it sounds like I'm a fucking hero, but I really wish I would have kept the money. I'm <laughs> You're horrible. <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, that could have been that guy's rent money. Well, that's, you know, it's that's like... exactly what I thought. I was like, you know how much money I, at the time I was carrying around with yeah, me? Yeah, you were carrying around a lot of was, cash at the time. <laughs> because I was doing... um. I was doing like the storage stuff, I think, at the mm-hmm. time. And uh, so, yeah, I have a lot of cash. I always had a lot of cash flow on me because I'd have to buy things at a gro- like garage sales and like anywhere that I could find stuff, you know what I mean? And then resell it. And uh, so I had like sometimes like a thousand dollars on me at any mm-hmm. given point in time or more sometimes. And like, that's not good <laughs> to do. Right. But I thought, what if I lost my wallet? Exactly. And I was like, I'd want somebody to give that back to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, sure enough, I, you know, yeah, I couldn't live with myself because I, th- I thought of you. Oh, you were asleep. So I'm the... You were asleep. And I remember. I'm always asleep. I think I woke you up over it. Right. I don't remember. But yeah. So, yeah. So that was your dilemma. So I'm thinking to myself, this guy, these aren't really good guys because like they really let themselves kind of get wild here. You know I what I mean? I think when you're at a point of desperation in your life. You know, you just don't give. Well, Pat Healy was a guy that always got shit on. Right. Right. So he was tired of losing. Right. Even everybody in the whole movie was like, like, like seriously pushing their thumb on that scale. Right. Yeah. So it was like he was the loser. He he couldn't do it. He was the weak one. He wasn't the strong one. This is like his empowering moment. Yeah. He he was emasculated because he had a child and a wife. And it was like, no, he's not the bad. He's not. 
you know, he's like, he can do what he needs to do. Mm-hmm. Whether you agree with what he does or not, it's right. just what he felt. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they, uh, back to the finger chopping scene. Yeah, so he cuts off his pinky. For 15000 they have an argument over him and Vince. Mm-hmm. And while they're talking about taking painkillers so he won't feel it before he cuts it off. He just cuts it. Uh, if you have Vince like slices off, he's like, I hope it fucking hurts, you piece <laughs> of shit. And then the pinky finger like flies across the room and he finds it. No, he doesn't. It doesn't fly off the room. First, he goes to the couch and he's like, burn it, burn it, burn it. Because he's like, oh, my God. Oh, his, yeah. And then he goes to burn it. And he's like, I can't. The finger's still hanging on it. So fucking Healy rips the fucking last bit of the finger off, which is just like, oh, Gross. it's that one step further, you know, mm-hmm. the blood splashing up on his neck when he fucking got it cut off. They don't show it getting cut. Right. But the spl- the blood splashing up was super effective. <laughs> and then and then him pulling out the finger and then he throws it behind him. The dog gets it and starts making choking noises <laughs> while they're congratulating him burning his hand. Mm-hmm. And uh, with the iron, <laughs> which they're like, fuck, yeah, man, that's some badass shit right there. Uh, and then you hear. <sighs> and the dog choked on the finger and dies. Died <laughs> with the. Yeah. On the finger. It was and, so funny. And so he goes and takes the dog and away. And then a little bit while later, like they're like, oh, do you smell that? And he's like, oh, it smells good. And he's like, time to eat. We got to get some food in us or something like that. And he's like, $50,000 for all of you to eat the dog. (laughs) And it's like, oh, my God, (laughs) dude. No. (laughs) That was a gross scene for me. Yeah, it was gross. Just the, I mean, can you imagine them? I know. They showed the behind the scenes of that scene. Mm -hmm. And they were just, they were eating it, making noises. And and, uh, Ethan really was choking back. Oh, really? I don't know if he's vegan. Oh. But he definitely was a little bit more affected by the animal part than than uh, Pat Healy was. Oh. And afterwards, he actually threw up in the toilet. They mm-hmm. videotaped him because <laughs> they like show him mm-hmm. puking in the toilet for the extras. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. So but they even like they had this like fake little leg and they put like uh, I think it was like rib. They used rib meat. Oh, wasn't it rotisserie chicken? Yeah, it was rotisserie chicken and rib meat, though, oh, or something like mixed that. together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they put the bones of the ribs, I think, maybe in there. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they were eating rotisserie chicken, and they put little bits of, like, fur and shit in it. Ew, that's gross. So they didn't really eat it. Right. But apparently there was, like, pieces of bone in it that, right. that even Pat Healy ate, mm. and it got stuck in his throat and he spit it oh. up and put it on the thing and then re-ate it by accident <laughs> so, again. yeah dude like what the fuck <laughs> but the hottest day of the year by the way they they recorded a lot of the scenes in the house and they had to white out they the black out the, the windows and stuff like that oh. so to make it look like it was at night mm-hmm. and the power went out there was like a blackout oh. for like four or five hours or something like that and there was oh, already shit. 120 some degrees inside Oh, shit. That's not good. And you got to imagine, there's like 50 people in that fucking... Yeah, and if you have it blacked out, that means it's like insulated in. So right. So they're just like in their cooking. Right. So they said it was like the hottest day of the year. You know that scene with the finger, by the way? I forgot to mention this. This this That was a huge scene for Pat Healy. He was actually like... He had to go to a really dark place for that. Oh, wow. And it was a really super big moment for him. And the first take was absolutely perfect. 
and oh, everybody was like, "Man, that could have gotten that could have not gone any more perfect than it was." Mm-hmm. And somebody accidentally deleted the scene. <gasps> no. Yeah, Pat Healy was upset. Like he wrote a blog about how he had to go to this dark place, and like it was like a huge moment in his his career as an actor. And you really can tell that he gave it his all in this movie. Uh huh. Like. He wanted to feel that pain. He wanted to like go to this dark place, but it did get accidentally deleted, which oh ups- which upset the entire crew. Right. Everybody was upset. Mm-hmm. It set him back for the whole day. So, but they 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 went again, and it ended up being a good take. This you know the take you see right. is it's the second good. take. It's still good. So, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, and at the end, uh. Oh yeah, we can talk about the end. Okay. Yeah, at the end. Ethan is told, "Hey, why don't you kill him?" Right, because I'll they got into you, an argument. So yeah, much. but the, but Veronica was was teaming up with Craig, who's, and I guess secretly told him, "If you kill, if you kill Vince, we'll give you a hundred thousand we'll dollars. We'll give you all the money." Yeah, and then yeah, they were both told that. So Ethan backed down. Vince backed down. He was gonna go like stab him, and then he he turned around. He's like, "I can't do it." And he's then, like, "Come on, it, Craig. Let's go home." Yeah, and then Craig turns around and shoots him. Shoots him twice. Yeah, like wild man. Yeah, and then the end. He shoots him in the in the back, and then shoots him in the head. Mm-hmm. That's some fucking that's dark. Fu- shit. Yeah, that's a fucking dark that's shit. A committed fucking kill right there. Right, and then it was the very very last scene. Craig walks into his house with all bloody and no piggy and broken nose and shit. And then he has a bag full of cash. It's just laying on the couch as he's holding the baby. Yeah. And the baby like comes crawling up on him. Yeah. It was, it was funny. Dude. The makeup on that was cool too. His whole face was fucked it was up. Fucked. Yeah. That was, that was wild. What a wild ending. It was good. It was a good movie. I'd watch it again. I really liked it. Another suggestion for you folks that like this movie and have seen it. I would highly recommend watching 13 Sins, which is a remake of another Thai film called 13. Hold on. It's called 13 Game of Death. Highly recommend watching that. those two. I mean, the original, I mean, 13 Sins is good. It's the American remake of it. It's very different than the 13 Game of Death, which I have not seen. But I think I just recently put it in my wish list, so... I can't remember if I did or not, but I, I, I remember looking it up recently because this movie, because I was like, God, what is that other movie that it was supposed to be 13 kills was off of same kind of concept, except it's like a game show kind of like, uh, like he gets a phone call and they're like, we'll give you $500 if you kill that fly. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, really? And he, he does it. And it's like, your credit has been account, you know? Oh Yeah. That was a good movie. So, yeah. If you want to check that out, I'd highly recommend it. I own it because I love it. I had a really good time with that movie. It's really bloody and gory. Yeah, we've watched that movie several times. Yeah, it's really fun. It's dark. Dark humor. Mm-hmm. Do you have another movie that we're going to talk about? And that is Big Bad Wolves. And this movie came out in 2013 as well. And it uh, is considered to be a Hebrew horror film, by the way. After a little girl is brutally murdered, a suspect avoids arrest due to lack of evidence. Working separately, her father and a cop decide simultaneously by themselves to do something about it. Tagline is, some men are created evil. This is director and writer Aaron Cassells and Navat Papshado, which I apologize if I'm saying the names wrong. 
Uh, it, they both direct together and they both write together. They did Rabies together, Gunpowder Milkshake, and South of Heaven together. Uh, Rabies was their first horror film and their first film together in general. This was their second sort of horror film. There's uh, a lot of stars in this one that are from, like, Israeli culture that don't really do anything outside of it. So a lot of these movies may not ring true, but maybe they are. I tried to look for ones that were popular, but this stars Lior Ashen Kanazi, who plays Mickey, the cop. He's been in a ton of stuff, mostly there. TV miniseries, we were the lucky ones. A movie called Traitor, Cupcakes, and more. We got Rotem Keenan, who plays Drawer. He's the uh, Bible teacher that they have in this movie, who is accused. We got, he was in Oslo, the operative Bloody Murray TV series in Golda. We got Tazi Grad, who plays the father, Gidi. He was in Ghosts of Beirut, Robot Awakening, The Cousin, and Foul Gesture. And uh, Dovalier Glickman, who is in, he's the, the father of the father in the movie, Giddy. He's Giddy's father. Father, yeah. yeah. Um, he's a comedic actor. He was in Laces, Murr, Anatomy of a Trial, and uh, Steisel, and more. This movie had a gross U.S. and Canada release of about 33232 Opening weekend, it made about 6000 on January 19th of 2014. So it was in the festivals first in 2013 and then came out in the U.S. out here. Gross worldwide, though, overall, it was 291239 I don't know what it made. I don't know what the budget was. So Right. But, Christina, what did you think of this fine film? Well, Alex, usually I do not like stories like this at all. Right. I don't like stories about missing children. Or pedophilia. Well, that's that's pretty much what I mean. But the story is told well and acted well. The accused, like you said, who is also a teacher and there's a cop and the father of the missing girl. And they tell the story so the accused guy uh, might actually be innocent. And uh, he's getting, like, harassed and stuff. I really like that storyline because it rolled the line between, like, we actually... As a watcher, we don't know if he did it or not because they're just like going after him. Right. He so, essentially gets kidnapped and held against his will. Yeah, because everyone thinks he's the one who did it. Right. Um, but yeah, it's a dark crime thriller, absurd comedy. Yeah. Which is a weird, weird, weird thing to have within one movie under these circumstances. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um but it gets absolutely bonkers like towards the end and it's very suspenseful i thought the ending was fucking insane to me but to be honest it was probably a one time watch for me i probably won't watch it again but i'm glad i watched it it was it was a very well done movie you know what i'm saying right and i got to ask you about the ending because i got a little confused as to the ending well, shouldn't we talk about that? We'll talk about spoilers? it. I'm just, yeah, of course. I'm just explaining to you. Don't forget to tell yeah. me. Oh, to, okay. so that to remind you because I'm a little confused on that ending. But I think I can explain it. But it does get very, very dark. Yeah, the ending is very dark, and but it's really funny too in a lot of ways. Like it's not like a the same humor as this Jeep thrills. Right. It's like the dynamic between the men that made it funny. I think. Yeah. So many different types of characters. Yeah. And yeah, it was just really well written too, where there were scenes that like that fit in well. And I I don't know if they're supposed to be funny or what, but they there's a part with a cake, 
which like oh my god it was like so obvious and it's i totally funny, yeah. missed it but yeah it was so funny and i i was like cracking up when it happened it's just not typical usual american humor which is like so on the nose like all the time these are more right. like you're it's supposed subtle. to laugh if you find it funny, kind of. Yeah, thing. exactly. Yeah. It's like subtle. Yeah. But yeah, I gave again. I probably wouldn't watch it again just because of the the context of the story. But I gave it a seven out of ten, and I thought it was pretty good. Okay. What about you? I really like it. I think it's a really good movie. I remember Mike Travelloni from Altered Our Ruin, um, Friends Band. Right. He's a singer in it. He actually, he and I were really close talking about horror movies and stuff like that all the time. And he used to go to the festivals and stuff like that all the time mm -hmm. because he just loves movies. And uh, he had suggested this to me back, oh, back then. when it was at the festival. And he was like, you need to keep your eye out for this movie. It's really good. Mm -hmm. And apparently Quentin Tarantino also thought so as well. He said it's the best film of the year. Yeah, that makes sense. So, but, you know, um, yeah. So I was definitely intrigued by it. I love the way that it was written. I love all of the characters. They're all really good characters. Very different characters too. Like everyone has a specific thing and they all kind of like, it's like a bunch of moving cars that are very different that all convene into one spot. Mm -hmm. That's a very Quentin Tarantino thing and that's probably why he likes it. Probably. Did you notice like a lot of his movies? Right. There are all these different really strong characters that end up meeting up somehow mm -hmm. in all of his movies, mm -hmm. literally in some one place sometimes, <laughs> like, right. like the fucking the a Deadly Eight or whatever it was. Right. So, but yeah, I, I really, um, I think it's a good movie. I think it's a, if you like Quentin Tarantino, I think you will definitely enjoy this to some degree. If you hate him, give him, give it a shot anyway. It's not exactly like his, you know, I'm just saying like. It has that sort of characteristic element to it that's its own thing. It's not like borrowing from anything like Quentin Tarantino does. It's literally its own thing. Now, has there been other movies that do similar things like this? Sure. Sure. But it's it's like hard candy or not yeah, was it hard candy? The I, one where the guy the capture the girl captures the guy. I don't remember. She, she's it's a it's another one of those type of films where the predator gets caught and oh. kind of thing, you know what I mean? Uh, but this one's like, you know, definitely a little bit more on the, the humorous side because I don't know how they do the film. They they stretch out the suspense and the tension in this movie a lot. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the, the jokes in it actually were pretty funny, even if they are pretty fucked up. And inappropriate. <laughs> right. Kind Just, of. There's a, there's a sort of elegance to the way that the performances are in this movie. Like, it's very different than like Cheap Thrills where it's like, very like uh energetic and mm -hmm. like fun like they're, they're great performances in jeep thrills but these ones are a little bit more elegant and they take their time with them and kind of stretch them out so like you know they're always getting interrupted into certain moments when there's about to, something something really fucked up is about to happen mm -hmm. it like it like really stretches it out it's like oh i got a phone call oh, oh i got this this happening it's like they're about to chop someone's head off right you know it's like it's just kind of cool like that. I love that. It drags it out so that you're kind of stuck in this like tension suspension. Mm -hmm. And I think it's fun that way. Is it the most suspense movie I've ever seen now? But the performances are great. The comedy is really funny. A lot of the situations that they get into are very situationally pretty fucking funny, you know, like and the way that they kind of treat this really dark topic in such a jovial kind of fun way is like so weird. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's offensive necessarily. I know that you say well, that you wouldn't watch it again, but it doesn't really bother me. There was, unlike, no, unlike the last movie with the dog, 
there was a scene in this movie with a dog which was which wasn't cool, but the dog was a good actor. <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't get offended by it because I knew exactly what he was, what they were doing. <laughs> but yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But like, it, it's just the whole scene with the dog. It was just funny. Right. But true. it was fucked up. It was fucked up, but it was funny. Cause yeah. You could tell the dog was acting. <laughs> it's like almost like it's, it, in a way, it's like if Frasier decided to go torture somebody. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Yeah. You know how it's like yeah. that situational kind of blase kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, just talking. Yeah, like they're like, upper class kind of guys. Yeah. You know, there's a cop, a rich dad, and like... Right. Yeah, it's really it's really kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if you hate Frasier. I don't I want you to like not watch this. But <laughs> yeah, give it a shot. I think if you watch the trailer, you'll get the idea and the gist of it. And then twist at the end or the twists. There's multiple twists. Did you compare it to Frasier because of the dog is Frazier's dog <laughs> no the, I, I compared it to Frazier because he's wearing a sweater <laughs> That's funny. and it feels like he's a therapist like going to work right. the way he talks to him right is so like therapist like yeah he's like yeah. so I'm just gonna go ahead and ask you again where this is and oh by the way I'm gonna yank this part off yeah or that part it by the way it is a little gory not not really that bad it might be a little triggering for somebody who's been through torture but I typically get weirded out by certain things like mm-hmm. like nails, teeth and eyes and stuff like that. But this didn't bother me at all. Right. I don't know why. It just didn't. I just never felt like it was that real. Uh-huh. Because this movie really disassociates you from it until the very end, mm-hmm. which is very dire, you know. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. I think it's pretty fun. I would say it's probably about a 7, 7.5 as well. I think it's it could be higher for a lot of people. Like, I really genuinely think it's a very well done film. I think I just after seeing Cheap Thrills, it kind of. Yeah, it kind of dulled it down a little bit. So it could technically be an eight for, you know, I think it did did a really good job. Mm -hmm. And uh, so maybe maybe it is an eight. I don't know. But I'm going to give it a seven point five. I think that's fair. Uh, And I still think it's a good movie that way. I just I kind of like to have a little bit more. I would have, you know, like there could have been some more things in it that I that would have made it more fun, I think. But the dialogue is very much like a Quentin Tarantino film in a lot of ways. So, yeah, but it's not as wordy. No, they're more like they're a little more, like I said, elegant. about Yeah. And just so you guys know, I have seen and I and I, I actually saw last week. I have seen this movie. The DVD at the Dollar Tree, so you could always just you know make sure if it's there. I would oh buy yeah, it. yeah, we got it at the Dollar Tree. I think um, actually speaking of which, <laughs> and I think that's who bought this one for us is Ryan. By the way, got this for us on Amazon. Oh, on Blu-ray. Yes, because mm-hmm. the only the DVDs were at the the Dollar Tree at the Dollar yeah. Tree, but the Blu-ray was on Amazon. So Ryan. If you're still listening, we miss <laughs> you. you. First of all, we miss you, buddy. I feel like I haven't talked to him in forever. Uh, but yeah, thank you for this movie. We really appreciate it. So, but yeah. So 7.25 between the two of us. Not too shabby. Not too And it could bad. be higher for other people. Right. They might like the more elegant approach than the cheap thrills. Because right. cheap thrills has sort of like a punk feel to it a little bit. Right. You know, like it's a little bit more youthful. The The Big Bad Wolves is a little bit more elegant, nuanced, and adult. Adult. Yeah. Definitely. But definitely funny. Both of them are funny. I would say Cheap Thrills is probably a little bit funnier. More but... funnier, yeah. And where can you watch this one at, Christina? You said that it was on uh, Canopy. 
It's with a Can- K. Canopy and Fubu. It's Canopy, which is K A N O P E Y. I think you can just find that online um, and watch it there for free. It's also on Fubu, Fubo, or whatever. Which I don't know either of these, but when I went to the Canopy site, it was literally ready there to to click. I typed in Big Bad Wolves and Canopy with a K. Bam. And it was there. It was ready to watch instantly. So I didn't need to sign up or anything. It is literally just ready to go. But yeah, we do have uh, some trivia and stuff on it. If you want to watch it first and come back, please do check it out. Thanks, Mike Trevelloni, for the suggestion. We're finally getting to it. (laughs) No, I watched it before. So, But if you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. So we don't really have that much trivia on it. So we'll probably just be talking about a couple of scenes here. But this did win the Saturn Award film as well for Best International Film. And um, there was a Spanish remake of this film, by the way. Called, really? Yeah, it's called titled Lobo Ferros, which was filmed in uh, Cadiz in 2021. And it was directed by Gustavo Hernandez Ibanez with uh, Juma Faude and uh, Conchi Del Rio. They adapted the screenplay. Some of the stars are Adriana Ugarte and Javier Gutierrez, which is pretty popular. I forget what he was in, but he's a pretty popular actor. Uh, the film was released in theaters in Spain by Filmax actually just this year in oh. January. So if you are curious about seeing it, I am actually to see how they did compared to it, if they like amped it up or what. Mm-hmm. But I would like to check it out, see if it's as good. You know, so maybe we'll watch it for fun. Okay. But um, yeah, that's pretty much it for the trivia. Um, I think we'll probably be talking about some of our thoughts about some of the situations. Were they believable? Do you think that you would go this far for somebody? Um, wait till you tell uh, wait till we tell you what the guy did. And then I don't know. It's kind of an open ended thing at the end of the movie in a way. Open ended. Well, I'll explain. All right. But. It's pretty fucked up what this guy, the serial killer, was doing. Yeah. Like, he was, like, getting kids to eat cake. Drugging them. Drugging them. Then, just completely, they, the way they talk about it is really disgusting. We don't need to talk about that. Yeah, but they yeah, said, I'm sure basically, yeah, they have their way with them. And then cuts off their head. No, no, no. Oh. Jumping no. ahead. Jumping ahead. Get it? I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, no, they, they took off. He started, uh, they would be passed out. He would literally wait for them to wake up so he could pull their fingernails off and their toenails off one at a time. But he would only pull them off when they were awake and cognizant. And then once they were done, he would saw their head off with the rustiest blade. Which they didn't show. They didn't show that. They they just said that's what he did. Yeah. Well, that's how he describes it to him when he's yeah. in the chair or whatever. Yeah. So, the, yeah. When he was in the chair, he said he was. that's what they were going to do to him. But it's really cool how they kind of did the cat and mouse thing with this a little bit. Like, was he really him? Like, the whole time he's pleading with him, I have a daughter, so that's why I wouldn't have done this. Right. Um. Actually, can we just jump into the end and talk about that? And then we'll, like, go back and talk about some of the scenes that lead up to it. Yeah, that's fine. Because, like, the girl, I thought that the little girl who was the ballet person was his daughter. Which is what they were wanting you to think right because they were saying because he was on the phone with with his ex-wife and wanting to see his daughter for her birthday right and they even sure blowing out the candles and shit right yeah on the cake or whatever right and then you realize that it's the the fucking cop's daughter yeah he had abducted the cop's daughter and gave her a cake because the cakes were drugged 
Right. So, I, right. okay, we can clear that and we'll talk about the very end scene and how it all worked together. But yeah, that was wild. Right. Yeah, I loved how they told that because you you didn't know. Yeah, it really like, fucking, they, they were like a lie almost. They they were trying to perceive you to think one thing and, and then, yeah, the, the whole end it un, untwisted and shit. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There was a couple of parts in the movie that really made me laugh, like when he was about to pull off the guy's fingernails and then his mom called. He's like, hold on, I, I got to take this. And then he goes upstairs and she's like, where are you, why are you at a new house? And why are you living out next to in the middle of nowhere? And like, and he's like, I had to be alone. And she's like, well, he's like, look, mom, I've been talking to you for five minutes. So I got to go. And she's like, she's like, well, why do you always have to go so soon or whatever? He's like, look, I'm sick. I'm caught. <laughs> and he pretends to cough. And she's like, oh, I'm coming over right now. <laughs> so she sends his dad over at one point mm-hmm. and his dad's got soup and he's like dad what are you doing here he's like i don't know ask your mother she dumped me over here with the soup <laughs> <laughs> which i just thought was so it just shows you that like someone who can be really that dark right can be so fucked up you yeah know, like so fucked up and so sweet and normal i think it's a little bit different because his daughter was the one who got decapitated right but he doesn't seem that upset about it and also also he was a higher up in whatever country they're in the fbi there in that country right so he was actually in law enforcement so i'm sure he could you know separate his emotions yeah he was an ex-cop or yeah 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 he knew he had some uh high higher up uh power right so that's actually what i thought during everything that was going on that he needed to figure out what you know what happened to his daughter and he and the person needs to pay the price and i'm going to do it because i'm her right. father and i wasn't there to protect her because we learn a little bit later that he when she got abducted he was supposed to pick her up from school and he fucking forgot because he was having an affair with his secretary right he was getting head as he said right and he told his dad that part too yeah because his dad walks down on <laughs> Well, before we get there, so the cop is going to, to to kidnap. He gets in trouble because he beats the shit out of this guy because they know he's the one, or so they think. And so he beats the shit out of him trying to get the answers out of him to fucking com- to admit that he actually killed these girls. And so they get in trouble, and he has to come back to the office, and then he gets fired because his boss finds this tape of them beating the shit out of him. And he's like, look, it hasn't gotten to the public yet, so you're you're on suspension. But you're a civilian now, so you can do whatever the hell you you want. Hint, hint. So he goes out to try to kidnap this guy who's a Bible teacher. That's what they call him, a Bible teacher. So he in 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 Israel, they teach religion in school, I guess, in some schools, maybe. I don't know. Um, But it's a part of the curriculum anyway. And then he gets fired. That guy got fired from his job. So he's out on a park bench with his dog. And both of them show up. The dad whose daughter's dead. And the and cop. The, and the ex or cop, yeah. And he's seeing the cop pull like hide behind a tree right in front of him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what's going on here? And then he kidnaps the guy, puts him in his trunk. The cop does. Tase the dog. That's what she was talking about. Yeah. The fucking t- it was so. That was the dog. They were just it like, was, lay down. It was so cute because he put the, he put the, ta- you know, the taser to the dog and the dog just played dead. It was yeah. so cute, but it was fucked up. <laughs> Well, it didn't look real. It's not like it was like seriously. Right. Um, yeah, he catches that guy, throws him in the trunk, and then he goes and doing some dig a hole. And the dad shows up and like hits the fucking cop 
gun out of his hand and on the back of the head, knocks him out. And then the guy who's digging the ditch, the teacher, the Bible teacher and suspected pedophile is like, thanks him and then helps him put that cop into <laughs> the, the other guy's trunk. And then he hits him over the head. And thanks him, and he thanks him, like, is, can you bring me back to the city? And he's like, yeah, so, you know, he turns to go get in the passenger seat, and yeah, then he whaps him over the head. Yeah. And takes them both to the cabin that he he rented to Yeah, that was wild. Yeah. I thought that was funny. Yeah. Part of the reason I wanted to talk about the end, too, is because we know that he's the killer, right? He is the killer, but they make you feel like he's not the whole yeah. time. And it's interesting to know that he is the killer, first because then you can kind of dissect the scenes a little bit better mm -hmm. as to how he was trying to manipulate everybody they right. they broken his hand his fingers his toenails and shit like that right cut his head like all kinds of stuff mm -hmm. and uh, he still was like didn't want to tell him right he was going to go to his grave well, again he was using i i knew he was the one too because he started using manipulation tactics tactics like well what if you're wrong you're making a mistake, like you know, putting. I have a daughter. Yeah, She's I go have a daughter. Father. Yeah, which worked on the. the it worked on the guy. But one of my favorite parts is when that guy's dad came, and uh, they 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 whipped out the blowtorch and they started torching his chest. Yes. Well, then, before we get to that, let's talk about what happened before, because that's where we left off. Because he comes to the door with the soup. They yeah. sit at the table. He's like, "Are you losing it, son?" Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, dad, I'm fine. I just needed some space and needed some time away. He's like, you sure not losing it? He's like, yeah, I'm sure. And, and then they hear a noise and he's like, they both look and he's like, uh, I'll get that. And he's like, well, you want me to come? I'll come with you. You know? Like, and he's like, no, 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 no. Just, I, I got it. I think it hey, just eat your soup. <laughs> and he goes down to the basement. And he's like, you guys better fucking keep quiet. And he tightens the screws and everything to keep him from fucking moving around too much mm -hmm. because he's afraid they're going to get free. And then he's like, and then he starts to, he's going to like nail the chain or something to the higher up so that the cop can't do anything. Mm -hmm. And the fucking, his dad just shows, shows up. up. He's just there. Right What's behind him. <laughs> and so he's like, dad, uh, go upstairs. Uh, and I'll explain everything to you. And he's like, you've lost your mind, haven't you, son? <laughs> what is this? Well, you would you, you would too, if your daughter was decapitated. Right. Like... And I love the conversation that they have with each other. And then this yeah. guy. It's like, he's like, dad, he's like, I and he told him about the story about his affair. Right. And he was like, this is why I have to do this because I just, I can't live with that. Right. I killed her because I was having an affair. Right. And he's like, don't do that to yourself, son. He's like, well, I got to get him to talk because I want to find her head, her head, your granddaughter's head. Yeah. And that's when the grandfather's like, let's go. <laughs> you know, in the army, they teach you a lot of things about fire. <laughs> And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, men are afraid of fire. <laughs> it's one of the biggest things they're afraid of. Give me a blowtorch. <laughs> and he's like, ah, okay. <laughs> I'm going to fucking help. My dad's going to help me kill this guy. Like, you know, but his dad's actually not trying to kill him. He's just trying to get the answer out. Right. So that he can find out where his daughter's head is because he can at least understand. Right. And, that much. and he, I think he thinks he can like, if he just tortures him a little bit, he can get his son out of killing somebody. Right. So he torches his chest and then he goes for the balls and then he, he just spewed out an address to where the head was at. Well, because the cop and him had um, talked previous when they were upstairs talking. He said, hey, he dropped a, a, a nail. I'm going to try to get us out of here. You right. just tell him, take a little bit of pain and you just tell him. 
Somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah. But so take, we did. you got to take a little bit of pain first. And he's like, are you fucking serious? He's like, yes, they're not going to believe it if you don't take a little pain. Right. And it works. Right. But did you remember what he said when he was burning his chest after he burned his chest? No. He's like, oh, man. Your mother made me a vegetarian, but man, do oh, I, they smelled did you, you used to you used to eat a lot of hot dogs, right? God, that smells good. God, it reminds me of Frank's of hot dog Frank's you know, back from back in the day. Oh my god! He's like, man, I could I could smell this all night. And he's like, let's burn him again, and he has to burn his crotch. And he's like, okay, 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 I'll give you. He's like, see, son, the balls always work. The <laughs> balls burning the balls always works. <laughs> <laughs> that the funny part is though is that so his dad trusts him he goes to the the spot to dig to, in the to spot to see if the head's there and then while he's away the his father gets a phone call from his mother you know why haven't you taken your pills and make sure you eat something you need something in your stomach before you eat the pills so then the dad goes upstairs and starts rattling around and something solid she says yeah and it's like he and goes, the one solid thing in the fridge is that fucking cake he made right because the 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 dad said i'm going to put you through everything you put my daughter through which was to eat a cake to have sedatives in right and he put there's a whole scene with buddy holly song every day it's a getting hot you know whatever and then he's like mixing the cake batter and like uh, puts sedatives in it, and his dad eats the whole fucking cake. Right, which yeah. is funny. And they're sitting there watching him eat the cake. I laughed so hard. I don't know why. When that he was fell so... down? No, when he, when he, when I was like, oh my God, he's going to eat the cake. He's going to eat the cake. And then he cut a piece and went downstairs and was eating the cake in front of him. I was just laughing. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. But yeah, he passed out. So then, you know, he tr- uh, the, the guy who's tied up got one of his, he got loose. And then he started to get the other the right guy, arm unbuckled. Yeah, unbuckled. And then he. So the cop had already un, unhooked the fucking bad guy's arm on the left and then went and then said, hey, I don't know. I need to know if you're actually a killer or not. You need to tell me and look in my eyes. And he didn't believe him. So he left him with one arm free. Mm-hmm. It was the broken hand and he, right. he needed help. But he figured it was no big deal. Right. Which was a mistake because he started to get out of it. Well, not too much, though. He, right. he couldn't get too far. He was all fucked up. But the other guy comes back. The dad. Yeah. Let's be specific. The da- you well, can't keep hard. saying the other guy. Nobody's that knowing guy what you're talking gone. about. He came back. The dad came back. Right. Giddy came back. Mm-hmm. The guy that had his daughter killed. Mm-hmm. And then he tries to saw his neck to mm-hmm. cut his head off because he's just through with it. And then uh, the, the cop who escaped, he was running and he found a guy with a phone and then he called the department and his wife was there frantic because he never came to pick her up from ballet class. He ne- never came to pick his daughter up from ballet class. Right. And, and that's when we realized and that. she wasn't there either. Yeah. That the girl was, he actually did abduct. Yeah. It wasn't Drawer's daughter. It was his daughter. Yeah. His, and and yeah. He, the scene of him blowing out the birthday candles and stuff like that was his, him. Right abducting his own his, the, the, the cops the cops daughter. daughter so that was interesting and he's like please don't die please just write it down write down wherever he is yeah where the daughter is and at the end of the movie the other detective who had taken over the case originally and is at the house where he puts the bike up on the wall mm-hmm. and that's where the false wall is the secret room yeah where and the daughter's dead inside is she dead do you think or was yeah she just oh yeah out? she's dead she's dead well why was her head on she would have been because he he got abducted he didn't have enough time. Huh. 
Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, there's no way she would have lived through all that. So the end. Happy ending. He does look like a creeper guy. But there was that one scene that was really funny where he was like, <laughs> the dad comes down and he's like about to like torture the guy with the blowtorch or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, he go, he's like looking at the cop and then the sun comes down. He's like, You're, you got the wrong guy. That's the cop. And he was like, oh, he's like, he doesn't look like a pedophile at all, does he? And I'm like, yeah, the guy that's in the chair actually looks like a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, he's like, yeah, I would think that a strong guy would be a, a pedophile. And I'm like, that doesn't really make sense. And he was like, no, 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 no. He's like, he's weak. That's why he uses little girls. Oh, yeah. And I it's see like, yeah. And so it just it was kind of weird. But it was a little funny that he like goes to kill him and he just turns to the cop and he's like, Oh, so you're the sicko that. <laughs> Did you notice that he had the gag in, but he could remove it at any point in time? Yeah. What was that all about? I think he was just waiting. Well, they think they had to leave it open because they had to have the discussion. Right. About, oh, make up a, yeah, a dress. Yeah, a dress. Yeah. Yeah, because I got a nail. Yeah. What do you think he did with the heads? Who knows? And the fingernails, because he kept them both. Yeah, who knows? Well, we don't know if he kept them. Well, that's they what just, they think. They just never found them. He could have put them... You know, down the garbage disposal for all we know, you know. Right. I love. And there was another scene in the beginning. The funny part was when they first go to the basement and the cop and him decide to work together. He's like, we got to work out a plan. Like, how are we going to do this together? How are we going to interrogate him and uh, get him, get this out of him? And he's like, you know, are you the good cop or am I the bad cop? Like, what what is it? I'll be the good cop. You be the bad cop. And he's like, there is no good cop in torture. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> okay, so bad cop, bad cop. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Just all those little lines like that. Yeah, there's a lot of really uh, silly things in there. And you kind of feel bad for the cop guy, man. He, he really just, there's no jokes about that at the end. No. It is no. very dire. It's very dark. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's still, you know, it's like we watch a lot of these horror movies. It doesn't have to be happy ending. For right. Sake. Right. I like bad endings because like, it's just like. Well, not. Well, the first movie. Yeah. This movie, no, no, no. I mean, that's no, kind of a not. bad ending, too, the cheap thrills. Well, yeah, but, you know. Because he sold his soul for money. That's okay. The devil won. But, you know, kids weren't being killed, so. <laughs> right. I guess that's true. But, yeah, I don't know. It, you know, I think there's enough. They don't, they don't show anything in this movie enough to make it that disgusting. Although there is one scene in the movie that is a little much. Mm-hmm. And it's, you see the shop from the ground. When they find the girl, yeah, the daughter, the headless and body, and it's like she's sitting in a chair, like a school chair, mm-hmm. with her legs tied with barbed wire around her ankles. And the gross part is that you see that her, like underwear, pulled down around the the, the legs. That's like, gross. It's too much. It's a it's a bit much. <laughs> but like you know, like I get it why they did it because it you got to really it's got to impact you in some way. But the tone of this movie is so not that, not that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it didn't. I don't know. I guess maybe that's how they were artful about doing it, because they said that, that there's no movies like this in Israel. Oh, So that they were like, this is not a movie that would like get past very much. But, you know, mm-hmm. I think everybody kind of dreams about what they would do to somebody if they had their loved ones. Fucked Tortured. With. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, we all have considered that in some way for some reason. I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, so guys, um, I don't know exactly what we're going to do next week. We're thinking about doing, there's two options, watching two movies or one movie. Uh, we did just get a movie in the mail and it's Scrooge. We thought Chris- about doing Christmas that. Christmas movie. But I might do that on the YouTube. Oh. So that might be something to talk about. Um, or we might do it on the podcast. I'm not 100% sure. Otherwise, we were going to do Super Dark Times from 2017. I think it was, oh no, yeah, 2017, which is on Tubi, and the children from 2008 on Shutter. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll figure it out. We'll try to let you know on Thursday sooner, a little sooner to know. But you know, it just depends on how much work I can, I need to get done. You know what I mean? So, but uh, we do appreciate you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I would love to hear what you think about these two movies. Is one pushing it too far? Were either of these pushing it too far? Do you enjoy these movies? Do you not like these movies because of the content in them? Love to hear what you guys think about both of these movies in the comments section anywhere. Um, Let us know if you uh, have any ideas for anything ever, if you want us to watch something or you ever need to pick something up or no. Let us know what you think either way. But uh, yeah, thanks for coming by. And as always, long live the boy. 